maybe that song makes fathers more uncomfortable than any other song you can play. Harry Taken put those words to music in 1974. His wife Sandy wrote the words. And Harry and Sandy had a son Josh in 1972. And Harry died in a car wreck in 1981. He was 38 and Josh was 9. We don't need songs anymore to remind us time flies, do we? I don't know why I'm really talking about time today. I had a birthday. And I'm way older than I thought I ought to be. Several friends have gone to heaven lately. And I'm thinking about them. I almost played this song, and I love this one too, from the 70s, Time in a Bottle. Remember that by Jim Croce? If I could save time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do is to save every day till eternity passes away just to spend them with you. If I could make days last forever, if words could make wishes come true, I'd save every day like a treasure, and then again I'd spend them with you. And then the course, but there never seems to be enough time to do the things you want to do once you find Jim Croce died in a plane crash in Atchidoches, Louisiana in 1973. He was 30. Let me begin with these scriptures. James chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we'll go to such and such a town and spend a year there doing business and making money. Yet you do not even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Psalms 39.5 puts it this way. Indeed, you have made my days as hand breaths, and my age is nothing before you. Certainly every man at best is but a vapor. In Psalms 144.4, man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Aren't you glad you came to church today to hear that? <laughs> We are going to talk about the gift of time. Before we do that, let's pray for the one who gives us heart. Lord, every heart breath, heartbeat, and every breath are from you. And today is our prayer that we would use them wisely, the way you would direct. No matter what our age and how much time we have had or how much we have left, you care about every moment. Let us connect to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Imagine there's a bank that gets your uh, account, credits your account each and every day, every in morning and with $86,400. Could you make that every day on that? Some of you could, maybe. But it carries no balance from the day before. So at night it's wiped out and every morning you start with $86,400. If you knew it would disappear, you'd use it wisely, wouldn't you? Every day. Of course, I'm talking about the time bank that all of us have. Every morning we are credited with 86,400 seconds. And each day we have a new account. Maybe it's birthdays. Maybe it's New Year. Maybe it's the passing of a loved one. But we do think about our time and ponder it on occasion. So, if you need to make adjustments, today's the day. 
Very often at funerals, I will talk about time, and I will tell the people gathered there that are thinking about time. I'll say, you know, if you ever think about the one, the value of a year, ask a soldier deployed overseas. And then you think, yeah, a year is valuable. And if you think about the value of a month, ask the mother of a premature baby. Yeah, months matter. And if you wonder about the value of a week, ask a kid on spring break or a teacher. I live with a teacher. Spring break is important. <laughs> if you wonder about the value of a day, isn't it interesting how much better a three-day weekend is than a two-day weekend? Days matter. And so if you get down to hours and you wonder about the value of an hour, ask an ambulance driver stuck on 285. Hours matter. And if you wonder about the value of a minute, and if you're a football fan, you think about a quarterback and a two-minute drill, well, minutes matter. And then you get down to seconds or fractions of one, and you can think of an Olympic athlete that either missed qualifying or won a gold medal by a fraction of a second. So seconds are valuable, too. How you spend your time. In 1967, experts predicted by the year 2000. Now, 2000 seemed a long way away in 1967, didn't it? I remember in high school reading that book that would never get here in 1984. <laughs> so in 1967, experts predicted by the year 2000, technology would have taken over so much of the work we do that the average American work week would be only be 22 hours long. <laughs> and we would work 27 weeks a year. The prediction went on to say that one of our biggest problems would be on deciding what to do with all of our leisure time. They were wrong. Ephesians 5, 15, and 16 is our focus. Look what it tells us. Be careful how you live. Not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. The New King James puts it this way. That was New Revised Standard. It says this, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. I wanted to show that to you because the NRSV uses the words unwise people. Don't be unwise people with your time. But in the New King James, it uses the word fool. The word fool in Scripture is always defined as someone who does not consider God. Someone that has no use or connection to God. That's the definition in Scripture of a fool. Psalms 14, 1 says this. Fools say in their heart there is no God. They're corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There's no one who does good. So that's the definition. There's no God for a fool. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 says this. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive the truth from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. They can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. So a fool lives apart from God. They're not wise with their time. But when we're connected to God, when we're a Christ follower, we should be wise. Back to 
verses 15 and 16 in the NRSV. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. The lesson here is that the wise person looks at every moment, every moment. And we're told the days are evil, which really means it just takes a second to get in trouble, doesn't it? It just takes a second, and there are opportunities everywhere. So, towards the end of Ephesians, it tells us to be careful with our time. Let's look what builds up to verses 15 and 16. Let's start at the beginning of the chapter. Telling us these words. Imitate God, therefore. In everything you do, because you're his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins has no place among God's people. I've seen stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in the thing all these things people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For the light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It's shameful even to talk about things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. As we read the first 14 verses, verses 15 and 16 even make more sense. We see that we'll either spend our time pleasing God or causing Him grief. Did you notice what it said in verse 10? Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. You can only do that if you use your time wisely. Not as a fool, one without God, but as a believer. So we should seek to make the most out of every second. And if you think, how do you do that? I found this quote, and I love it. The smallest act of obedience is better than the greatest intention. The smallest act of obedience is better than the greatest intention. You ever been like that, had intention to do this, intention to do that, and intention to do this, and it never happened? But you had that dream about those intentions? And while you're doing that, you can do a small act of obedience and change the world. We read in Ephesians 5.16 that the days are evil. Well, Jesus said Satan is a thief and he wants to rob our time. And sin wastes our time, so we should guard every moment. You ever been praying and all of a sudden you're thinking about your grocery list? Or your cousin Tom? Or how the Braves are doing? Anything and everything but God. On Sunday mornings, I usually come in here to pray, and I usually sit somewhere around here. And I was here this morning, and I was praying before you got here. And all of a sudden, you know what I was doing? I was checking something on my phone. I 
glad you're more spiritually mature than I am and you don't do anything like that. Then when you set aside your time to pray, you're locked in for those three hours and everything is good. But sometimes, but sometimes, so we have to guard our time, don't we? We really do. We have to be focused and we have to work at it. Here's a great biblical example. The story in Luke chapter 10 about Mary and Martha. Now it happened as they went, Jesus and his disciples. He entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. That's a funny story. Martha was a tattletale about her sister. Chew her out, Jesus, let her have it. And he did. Can you relate with Mary or Martha? Sometimes both. In verse 40 it says that Martha was distracted with much concern. Other translations use the word cumbered. It's a Greek word that literally means to drag around. She had too much going on. Her plate was too full. God was at her house and she didn't even have time. She was too busy. I guarantee you, if Martha had a cell phone, she'd be texting and checking her messages and making calls all the time. God's working on me about that. Being in the moment with somebody. Do you go to restaurants and just look around at four people at a table all on a separate device talking to somebody else that's not at the table? Does that seem wrong? But we do it. Because we're dragging around so much. Sometimes we do good things when we ought to be doing great things. It's wonderful that Martha was serving and helping, but it would have taken care of itself. She could have sat with Mary and listened to the words of Christ. But sometimes we miss God because we're too busy. In Indiana, my friend Sandy died at the age of 49. She was in a hospice care about 40 miles away, and visitors were limited, and I was the one that could see her. And I remember asking her, what do you want me to tell the people at church on Sunday? What do you want to tell them? And she gave me three things. She said, well, tell them to pray that my pain isn't too hard. She was in a lot of pain. Tell them to pray for my pain. And I thought she would give me more requests about her, but with her time coming to an end, she gave me two more things. She said, tell them not to take things for granted. Because she had, and it was too late to do anything about it. And then Sandy looked at me and said, Tell them to make the most out of their time. So for Sandy, who went to heaven several years ago, I'll tell you that. That's good advice. 
Be careful then how you live. Not as unwise, foolish people, but as wise. Making the most of the time. Because the days are evil. Last Saturday was opening weekend of college football. There were pretty good games on the television Saturday night. And that's where I was supposed to be. Watching those good games on Saturday night. And you know what my wife wanted to do? She wanted to go out to a nice dinner. What nerves? Can you imagine that? <laughs> As I sat there thinking about my options, <laughs> it, it was a nice dinner. It really was. <laughs> but I thought about my options what I ought to do with my time. And I hope I do that every day. And I hope you do too. Let's pray together.